everyone, and welcome to I'm Not Like You. I'm Not Like You is a podcast hosted by two great friends with very different perspectives on everything from relationships to our lifestyles to what we watch on TikTok. One thing we can't agree on, though, our 40s are going to be about redefining what it means to live well in this space. Hi, everyone. Hi, Eileen. Hi, Esther. Welcome to I'm Not Like You. It's happy Friday. It's not really Friday. It's not everyone. We're, you're, you'll hear it on a Friday, but it's a really gloomy day in New York. And Eileen, of course, let me know that it was 80 degrees in Austin <laughs> going to a pool party. But it's so gloomy and I'm feeling gloomy, but hopefully this recording will lift, we'll lift our gloom. That's my gloom. That's right. So today's topic is all about journaling. And the way that I've come to it and to think a little bit more about it, there are so many ways we landed here and I'll share some of them and we can touch on them more as we talk. One, Eileen is like a master journaler. I forgot. <laughs> She's going to have to tell us she wakes up at like 2 a.m. and writes a story every morning. So we'll let her walk us through her, her routine. But a few other things in my book club, we had to read the book, the book that the show on Netflix, Sex Life, was about. I forget exactly what it was called. I think it's called Forty Four. Okay. I thought it was actually called Sex Life. The book is called like Forty Four okay. Men and something like that. It can't be about Forty Four Men. I I just added probably Forty Men to her story. It's probably about four men. <laughs> Nonetheless, the show Sex Life and the book that I had to read about it, and also my recent journaling practices and a bunch of other things all mixed together. And I thought Eileen could give us all some wisdom, give me some wisdom on how she does this best and how it helps her. And let's hear what you got. What do you do when you wake up at the crack of dawn? <laughs> well, I would like to start somewhere else, actually. Oh, go. The reason that we chose this topic for this week is because in January, the month of January, we're trying to make each of the podcasts themed around New Year, New You, which is like, that's right, you know, resolutions and all the stuff that we do to hype ourselves up for the New Year. So we thought this would be an interesting one because it actually came up for us in our friendship and we had a, a genuine conversation about it. And then we started laughing a lot and we we're like, oh, good. Whenever we let, I feel like we have like a barometer of like, if our conversation induces a certain amount of laughter, then we want to try and figure out how to create a podcast. It makes it to the podcast list. So with that, you guys already have a glimpse into what's to come because if someone was laughing, it's probably Esther. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Esther laughing at something Eileen does. So without further ado, (laughs) tell us a little bit about your practice. I will tell you about my practice and clearly I'm really building up to it now because I have something else to say. The other thing that I have to say is for your 40th birthday, you might recall that what I decided to get you because you're one of those like, who do you get for the girl who has everything gift recipients? And so I actually sent you a journal because I believe so strongly in the power of journaling that I was like, if I buy her a really luxurious, really fancy, like nice texture journal, then she will maybe write in it. And what did I, I had it. It's it's on my desk. It's right here. We don't have video for this episode, so I'm not going to do a show and tell. It says I am on it and it's gorgeous and it's leather and actually came in the mail 
with no card. And I remember opening it and my husband and I are like, who did this, who sent this journal? And my husband started guessing all of these people. Like, could it be this person? I'm like, are you out of your mind? This person, the only person who would send me this is Eileen. But it's always so awkward when you have to text someone and be like, hey, did you send me a gift? (laughs) But I just felt so spot on. I was like, Eileen, is this journal from you? However, it looks at me every day. It sits on my desk. And I want so badly to write in it, but it is empty. And I just turned 41. (laughs) So now it's 375 days old. (laughs) But I want to write in it and I struggle with what to write in it because this is, this is something that we either can talk about now or come back to. But I always think about like, what's the privacy of your journal sitting on your desk? And like, what am I going to write in there? In a future episode, I hope we get to talk a little bit more about therapy I, I've shared that I don't go to therapy. You have shared that you do. To me, what I want to write down and what I have written down in other places is things that like I probably don't want to say out loud or I'm struggling with dealing with or, you know, who knows, what whatever you want to write in it. And if I put it in this journal on my desk, like what happens when my daughter's old enough to pick it up and read it? It's like my mom's a real psycho. They're <laughs> like, what happens when the babysitter reads it? Like it's just on the desk. I have so many questions. I mean, you just said so many things that I feel like I I would love to dig into. So maybe I'll just like say two things and then maybe we'll go backwards because maybe people can relate. I definitely can relate. So that's why I think it's worth, worth it. One is I think the reason, well, it's funny because I thought you were going to say you didn't want to write in it because it was pretty. <laughs> and sometimes like we don't want to like, like I have the same journal that you have in a different color. It doesn't say I am on it. It has my initials on it. And I'll come back to that in a little bit. But when I first got it, I didn't want to write in it because it was so pretty that I was like, my stream of consciousness doesn't belong here. It like needs like really well thought out, like ideas of what should live in a journal, which is stupid in the first place. So I actually started writing legitimate true story. I actually started writing in the back of the journal because I was like, (laughs) I love this journal. I want to write in it, but I'm too afraid to like start it. So I'm going to start at the end. And this way, like once I have these beautiful, well-formed thoughts, I'll put them in the beginning. In the front of the book. I mean, it is too pretty to use as like a work notebook that you end up doodling in like that. It's too pretty for that. It's far too pretty and far too like elegant but it's also too unlocked <laughs> to be yes. your It makes yes. me feel very exposed. Yes. So that's what I think is interesting in terms of the psychological aspect of it, in terms of what you said, because one is, I think for us, once you write it, then it's real. Like, then you mean it. Then you like, you unleash it into the world versus just having it in your head, in your own inner world, which like feels very different, even if, it's a journal and it's only for you. Once you write it down, like you said, someone else can read it. So therefore it not only does it become real, it in a way becomes public. Right. And so like, if it's this experience where you're really trying to work through what's going on in your inner world, then that idea of it becoming public can make it even more scary. And I think also when you see it written down, there's also an element of now you have to face it. Right. Because again, if it's here, you can sort of just like, (laughs) you know, run away from it mentally. 
Well, the show, I, I Googled the name of the book because I feel like I butchered it, but it was 44 chapters about four men. So there's no 44 men, there's four men, but it was 44 chapters. And the author is B.B. Easton and the show is, is Sex Life. And what's interesting is like in the show, it, for those of you that don't know, fast forward if it's a spoiler. <laughs> in the show, her husband, she writes a journal because she's struggling. She she has the perfect life, the perfect husband, a house with a white picket fence and two children. She's gorgeous, living in this bougie neighborhood. And she starts to reminisce about her life before that, right? Like before the kids, before the husband, her life in the city when she was all glamorous and young. And we she can't relate to this at all. <laughs> yeah, not at all. And she starts to reminisce about her ex-boyfriend that she had like the best sex of her life with. And her whole journal is about that. And it's on her laptop and her husband reads it. And he begins to get like increasingly angry and frustrated with what he's reading. And at some point, like she realizes that he read it and they go and he the husband actually goes to like find the guy and in the book it was a little different in the book she does it on purpose she does it because she wants him to read it and she wants him to emulate the things that she's writing in the book either way someone is reading your book and that is how i feel about the exposed journal not that i have anything like scandalous i wish i had like a (laughs) 44 44 chapters about four men to write and then make a show about on Netflix. (laughs) Like I've told this to Eileen and, you know, luckily my daughter's only nine, so she can't access Spotify and doesn't know how to find this podcast. But I have read her journal. I don't feel like a nine-year-old's entitled to privacy. And I have gone in her room. Now I'm whispering on the podcast. (laughs) I have gone in her room and I've read it because like, I want to know what's going on and I feel entitled to know what's going on. But one day, like, she'll be like, I'll read your journal, bitch. (laughs) Then is it just going to be sitting on the desk in this expensive leather case that you sent to my house? (laughs) Well, I mean, again, so many, so many interesting things there. And I think, so what we actually said when we had this conversation for real was you had said, don't you get worried that someone is going to read your thoughts. And I said, if someone is going to read my thoughts, then they were meant to know what I had to say. And you were like, I lean crossing. Like that made my stomach turn (laughs) over. Like, no, no, they're not meant to read it. If they, and here's the thing, I, I guess it makes me nervous because I would read it. I just said I read Sienna's journal. If there was someone's journal just laying around the house, I'm sure she's going to pick that up like that. So I'm being honest. So that maybe comes from a place of like what I would do with a journal laying around. Maybe I need to find some kind of like rope <laughs> tie around well, and so what you said was typically your practice has become because you have this fear of somebody reading your non-salacious thoughts, you delete, you write it and delete it, right? That's like, right. Delete. I write it on my laptop and then I delete it. And maybe that, you know, what's interesting is I haven't really thought about where you started with this, which was saying like, when you write it down, it's real. Maybe yeah. deleting it makes me feel that it's less real. Yeah. But either way, when I have something I want to say, I'm like, I don't go to therapy. So I don't have someone who I can like yeah. word vomit out whatever I'm feeling that day. And I really need to like work through it in some way. Mm-hmm. I write myself this whole thing and then I just go in and delete the whole thing and gone are the words. Yeah. Which like, and what I said to you, what I would say to you or anyone is like just the practice of writing it down. If that's cathartic enough or therapeutic enough for you, then the fact that 
you delete it doesn't really matter if you've acknowledged what's there. If you're deleting it because you can't actually acknowledge it and like it's too hard to see, then that's like probably the different story. But I don't know that we necessarily need to unpack that for. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's just do one thing at a time. time. Yeah, one thing at a time. I I do agree with that. But I think like I, I guess going back to the idea of if somebody reads it, they're meant to read it. You know, I'm not sure how I would think about reading Grace, uh, my son's journal. I feel like he, well, he's four, so he can't write. So it's not really something I'm contemplating today. But I, I do actually think everybody's entitled to privacy with minors. I suppose it is different. And I, because I don't have a well-formed opinion on this, I'm not going to give one, but I think that, or I should say a thought through opinion, I'm not going to give one, but I think that I trust that the stuff that whoever might read my journal would want to know we can communicate about. And so I don't have to be worried about like what I'm writing. And to me, writing has become such a huge part of my daily practice to get through exactly what you said, which is like working through all the bullshit in your head that you're just trying to distill down to like what it actually means. So we went into this topic a little bit or actually a lot in our decisions, decisions, how to make a fuck yes decision episode. And I told you and the rest of the world who listens to this, that I write to my soul. (laughs) Yes, yes, you did. (laughs) In a journal and or my soul pages. So you're going to laugh because typically you do. I actually have three different journals. (laughs) Oh, okay. So tell us what these three journals are for. Yeah. So I have the soul pages, which if you don't know what the soul pages are, go listen to the decisions, decisions episode. Then I have the pretty aforementioned journal, which is the one that I write like anything to do with my future, my vision, creating a new reality, the stuff I really want to like cement into who I am, who I'm becoming, like the real, like meaningful stuff. Okay. So I'm like, writing in that journal that that's like serious. You know, there's serious something, yeah, there's something that's going on. And then I just have my stream of consciousness journal, which is the one that I write in most often, which is like I mean, it's like I write on weird sides of pages and like sometimes upside. I mean, just like silly, but that's like the, if you read it, you'd have no idea. Like I'll read it back sometimes to be like, what was I thinking this morning? And then I'll be like, well, I have no idea. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> you wrote it in like symbols. I wrote it in symbols, but I, I think like actually the most meaningful advice that I could share outside of if you don't have, and I even think using the word journaling, like I'm, I'm, I'm surprised prize that you'll even use that word because it feels so like I journal and I take crystals and like something you would be anti just because like it's that that idea of journaling seems kind of blue but the practice of writing down what you think or how you feel can be so helpful to some and definitely for me in working through like what I mean to say and and how I'm actually feeling and so I do every morning (laughs) what I call, I think we've probably talked about it before, what I call the miracle morning. Well, I don't call it that. Uh, a gentleman named Hal Elrod oh. wrote a book called The Miracle Morning is the one who introduced this to me. Um, I read it years ago. And so every morning I start my day with 20 minutes, like without fail, except for on Sundays. I do 20 minutes of meditation, 20 minutes of reading, and then 20 minutes of journaling. So a lot of times the journaling is related to like what I think about in my reading, which is usually like more spiritually oriented. 
and then what comes up in my meditation. So wow. the point of all of that, if people are still listening, because I feel like that was very long-winded, <laughs> is a daily practice to get your thoughts and feelings out in whatever way is comfortable and helpful, therapeutic, cathartic, whatever for you. Because I think you're right. Like when you share with friends, even if they're like your best friends, like we have walls, we have defenses, we're guarded, we're, you know, trying to show up in a certain way. And when it's just yourself, you don't necessarily have to show up like that. And so it gives you a lot more space, I think, to be honest. Honest. I was watching I was watching Sex Life of College Girls last night with Nitsan, my husband. And have you seen it, Eileen? Mm-mm. Okay. So it's a comedy obviously about girls in college, but and I and I I forgot the title for a second of what we were watching. And these girls are constantly in their dorm, their roommates, four girls, and they literally are saying a bunch of nonsense to each other, stuff that you would never tell your I didn't go to college where I dorms with people, but I would imagine that I wouldn't open the door, walk in and be like, I just cheated on my boyfriend. And then the next day this girl comes in, she's like, I have chlamydia, like just utter nonsense. I said to my husband last night, like, why are they telling each other this? Like, is there not somewhere more private that they could write this down? And he was like, well, the whole show is called The Sex Life of College Girls. So I feel like, (laughs) what do you you mean? But this would have been a great, you know, if Mindy Kalig wants to listen to this episode about how her character should handle these situations, maybe start with some journaling, some inner reflection before you share it with everyone on campus. That would be my advice to the the college girls. Well, yeah, I mean, I would agree with that, except for I, again, stereotyping, which we try not to do, but sometimes we do. Like, I feel like that generation of, of kids is like so much more open to talking in an honest way than we r slash were i don't know i don't know if that's right but all right well we'll at mindy kalig and she can give us some feedback (laughs) on how she thinks it should be handled going forward but i do think that even for the most cynical of us of our listeners myself included i'm not saying that journaling is something i would ever do ever do as a daily practice but i do think that there are some things that you want to work out in a different kind of way and you want to look at it from a lot of angles and as somebody who I've noticed more and more that I'm never in silence. So like when I'm doing my makeup, I have TikTok going on in the background. When I'm walking to work, I have music on. Like this is definitely something that we've trained our brains to do as we continue to live in this world filled with technology and sound. I can't just be in quiet. And the only time that I'm actually sitting there, if I'm really struggling with something and I'm writing, it's silence, right? It's the only time where you're actually forced to really, really think. I love that. And and for me, it won't be a daily practice, but it will be something that I try to do better and maybe go back and respect my daughter's privacy and then earn some respect of my own. Maybe when she turns <laughs> old enough to read my journal, she won't open it because it's Eileen bought one without a lock. Like back in the day, <laughs> back in the day, I have my journal from when I was her age. It's in the garage. It has a little lock and key. What were those called? Like Paul, oh, Frank? no, they, they were like that cute little Lisa, oh, Lisa Frank, Lisa Frank, oh, and they were all, you know, 
the little beautiful colors and the little lock and key. I'm sure my mom read it every day. She barely like <laughs> let me talk on the phone without being on the other side of the line. But nonetheless, I hope everyone finds a way to work through it. It doesn't have to be a daily practice. It will never be one for me, but it is something that I have started to introduced into my life. There are a lot of things to learn from people who do it every day, which is why I often ask Eileen and others their opinion on how they incorporate that practice, what it helps them navigate through. So with that, we hope you have walked away with a little bit of inspo. Well, wait, by the way, yeah, my childhood journal did get read literally oh. in front of me. Like cool. it was the most hilarious thing when we sold my parents' house. Like, I don't know five years ago, maybe we were cleaning out the attic and it was like one of those attics that had like, like my baby shoes and like every American girl doll I owned and like my Easter bonnets and like my dollhouse. I mean, it had like everything and including my diary. And it was like this blue fish diary. And I I had like white out painted on the front, like Eileen's diary don't touch or something like that and it was like I must have been in like seventh or eighth grade and there was a lot in there about this like boy that I was like had this huge crush on at the time and like like tear-stained pages <laughs> like the relationship the torn relationship that I had with this this kid and my sisters thought it was literally the funniest thing of all time and we had like a lot of good laughs over stuff at the time that I thought was like so soul crushing and now look back on and laugh. So maybe it could actually be a source of humor for you and your daughter when you I, I agree. I mean, mine, I've read it and it's hilarious. And it's also about boys, which is hilarious because they didn't even go to school with boys. So how I could have been so obsessed with someone beyond my understanding. But you know, that's for a later a later topic. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, all right. Well, there you go. There you go. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next Friday with another episode on up-leveling life and relationships in ways that are anything but what they tell us they should be in our 40s. See you then.